0: This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. On June 9, 2018, a horse, a colt by the name of Justify, crossed the finish line at the Belmont Stakes in first place, victorious to the cheers of the crowd. And, and what that meant was Justify not only won that particular horse race, but won this thing in horse racing called the Triple Crown, winning the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. It is like the highest thing. It is like the best thing that can happen to a horse in horse racing. Eh? Triple Crown winner. Only a few people knew the secret that Bob Baffert, the trainer of Justify, knew as they led that horse to the winner's circle at Belmont. The secret was this, that Justify had won a race in California a couple months before, and by winning that race, was qualified to be in the Kentucky Derby in the first place. But Justify had actually tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug. If the rules would have been followed, that finding would have been pronounced publicly right away And Justify wouldn't have been allowed to run in the Kentucky Derby and therefore would not have been able to win the Triple Crown if the rules had been followed. But the California Horse Racing Board waited for about a month to confirm those results. And in that time, Justify had run in the Kentucky Derby and had won the race. And then when they confirmed those results, it was really all behind the scenes. Nothing was really made public about it at all. In fact, they got together and they said, you know what, let's, uh, let's not say anything about this. And from here on out, if any horse tests positive for this performance-enhancing drug, uh, we'll just kind of not put so much weight on that. Okay? Okay. This is all according to a review in, in the New York Times. And, and so what happened then is, is Justify wins the triple crown. And so what that means is that Justify is a very, very expensive commodity, okay? Justify's breeding rights were sold for 60 million dollars that was an expensive little secret wasn't it a lack of integrity now now we might expect that out in the world but when a lack of integrity reveals itself inside the church it's devastating and I think every one of us here knows of some of those stories, right, of lack of integrity, of, of, of sexual fault, of financial misdealings. And those things hurt, and they, they hurt Jesus as well. So, lack of integrity, right? Imagine that I had a video of you and your darkest secret, okay? And along with that video of your darkest secret are lies that you have told throughout your entire life. I have every one of them. And right now, I'm asking Chad and the tech team to turn down the lights so we can watch your video. What are you afraid of? What are you Fearful that's going to show up on the screen. What don't you want anybody to know about? See, with that in mind, what I'm saying right is that inside each of us, there is a a lack of integrity that we want to hide to, that we're embarrassed about as well. Integrity. A lot of different thoughts going on with integrity, but what I'm just going to, you know, present to you today is we're just going to look at integrity this way. Doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason all of the time. Okay, so always doing the right thing, always at the right time, always for the right reason. Why all this talk about integrity this morning? Because as as Pastor Ben mentioned, we're going to begin, we're beginning a new series called Start with Jesus. And in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to set aside those things that people think are, are Christian, the traditions, the customs, the rules, and just start with Jesus. And as we do so, what we're going to see as we start with Jesus, we're going to see integrity, what it looks like and what it costs. So imagine we're about 45 minutes from now, you are at home. And as you get home, there are people all over the place outside of your home. And it's noisy and there's a lot of commotion. And in fact, as you try to make your way into your home, there are people not only outside of your home, they're inside your home as well. While you were here worshiping, someone went off and turned your home into a farmer's market. All right? Now, I know that some of you like farmer's market, but I'm kind of thinking that if your home got turned into a farmer's market and you didn't even know anything about it, you wouldn't be all that keyed, especially when you make your way in through all the crowds and there's, there's stains on your carpet that weren't there before. There's scruff places on your flooring, you know, and in the the farmer's market that's in your house, there's bickering and bartering, there's selling going on. And in the farmer's market in your house, the poor are being ripped off under your roof as you walk in. It's dirty. Trash is, is overflowed. The trash cans, it's, it's on the floor and everything. And, and you know what? Uh, people don't even recognize you. They don't even acknowledge you. They don't care that it's your home. How would you feel about that? Huh? Well, I know that that, that story kind of sounds ludicrous and everything, but I want you to know that it, it really happened. Uh, I'm going to share the account of that happening to you. It's found in a book of the Bible, a book called John. And in this book of John in the Bible, really what it's all about is the personal life of Jesus. So here it is. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. So here's what's going on right there. There's this huge, major, big celebration called the Passover. It's a big worship time, a time where the people were celebrating their freedom from slavery as they look back on their Independence Day and everything. And a part of this Passover celebration, of course, was worship of God. Okay? And part of this Passover celebration, then, and in the Old Testament, people would worship God by offering sacrifices like of a bull or a lamb and things like that. And because it was worship, these animals that were offered to God in sacrifice needed to be what the scriptures call unblemished. Uh, they needed to be spot- they needed to be perfect. This was worship of God. You don't bring secondhand stuff to God for worship. OK, and so as as people were coming to to worship, to, you know, celebrate this Passover, maybe from distances, they would bring their animals with them. And maybe along the way, those those animals would maybe spring their ankle or something like that or get hurt, get scratched. They are no longer spotless. They're no longer without blemish. And and you see at the temple, they had guys that checked on that kind of thing. OK, and, and so uh if the, the animal came, was there, and it wasn't clean, it wasn't good, uh, these people would tell them, you know, it, it, you can't use that. It is, is not worthy of worship. Uh, but here's the thing. Those same guys that were determining whether the animals were good enough for worship or not, they had a little side deal going on. Okay. And so off to the side, they had these animals that were theirs that they would sell to you if your animal wasn't so good. Okay. And so some of the times the animal would come in and the people go, Well, it's really not that good, but I've got one over here for you. You can buy it there. They were patting their pockets. Okay, and in addition to that, a part of the celebration was this thing called the temple tax, and people would give their offering for this. But, But the thing was is you just couldn't use your money. You had to use this pure Tyrian coin, which no one had except the people at the temple, right? And so there was an exchange rate going on that was super favorable to those who had those Tyrian coins. In other words, people were getting ripped off left and right at the church. And Jesus walked in and he saw all this swindling going on. And he was sick and tired of the worship of God being devalued and defamed by crooks. And Jesus did the right thing at the right time for the right reason see, for Jesus, his heavenly father was number one, okay? Highest priority over everything. And so, again, I shared this with you a little bit before from verse 15 and 16. So Jesus made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned those tables to those who sold doves. He said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. See, the the temple was a place of worship. A a place where people were to to come together to pray, to hear the scriptures read, to to hear a teaching, to hear a message about God and what he's done for the people. But, But nobody could hear any of that. Nobody could do any of that because there was too much noise, too much commotion going on. The the cows were mooing and the sheep were bawing and the coins were rolling all around. And Jesus turned that all upside down and said, get out of here. And you see what Jesus was doing there when he did that. Think about it. What he was doing was he was destroying the idols of money. He was destroying the idols of convenience. He was destroying the idols of profiting off of God. Jesus did the right thing at the right time for the right reason. And you know what else was going on as Jesus was destroying these idols? Is he actually took a step forward into his own death because the people were now going to continue to move forward at a more rapid rate to take away his life because he did the right thing at the right time for the right reason. Think about, you know, you can ask just about anybody, yourself included, that when you make a bad choice, it so often starts with something small. You had no idea that when you closed that door and went behind a, a shut door, or that when you grabbed out your phone to send that text, that that was the moment that was compromising your integrity. You see, so often we, what we do is, is we look for uh, an easy way out instead of the hard road to soul transformation. We'll look at, at a way to try and gain an advantage for, for just the short-term advantage. You know, like in a business dealing or something, we won't, we won't tell the whole story. Like, like you know, I, this past summer, I went out and I was car shopping and, and stuff like that. One of the places, that the guy goes at the car we were looking at, he goes, you know, well, uh, this one's not four-wheel drive. Um, But you don't need four-wheel drive here anyway, really, because they do a good job with plowing the roads and stuff like that. And, and, you know, well, you know. (laughs) And then, uh, and he goes, and you'll get better gas mileage, okay? So as we're going through the paperwork on that same car, he goes, oh, this one is four-wheel drive. You'll like it when it snows, yeah? (laughs) The gas mileage won't be that much different. we'll think about, we're tempted, maybe we'll, we'll hedge. We've got a little bit of uh, income, but we're not going to record that part on our taxes. When it comes to our relationship, we're going to share that part that, you know, it's going to make us look good, that part, you know, that, that no one really needs to know about because, you know, it might get kind of t- just not going to, to share that at all. You know, it, it's in those moments Right, that we realize that who we really are is actually quite far from whom God has called us to be. As we look at our own lives and our own dealings, whether we're inside or outside of the church, whether we're Christians or or skeptics or we're just not sure about any of this stuff, we find that, right, it's easier to do what's popular. It's more difficult to do what God says is right. See, Jesus, he offended a lot of people with his radical views on the government and religion. But you know what? That wasn't a concern of his. He wasn't worried about being popular with the people. He was concerned about being right with God. Okay? Studies show, and and we know from our own life, that people value truth. We don't want to be lied to. We want honesty and authenticity. We want integrity and trustworthiness. What people are looking for inside and outside of the church is substance, not a lie. Conviction. Conviction not a compromise what people are really looking for is integrity I want you to know that no one has the integrity of Jesus See, as we gather here the, this morning and, and maybe some of us, you know, we have these questions on the inside of the church. Maybe some of us are, are here and we're just kind of, we've got our doubts or we're skeptical or we're, we're pretty sure this isn't true and stuff like that. What, what people want to know is, is what is Christianity for? I, I see all these things you guys are against. What are you for? People want to know that they can ask questions without predetermined answers. People both on the inside of the church and outside of the church want to know, is the kingdom of God, is it it more than just a a political party or a nation? People want to be challenged to live lives of holiness, but not just in the the line of sex. People want to be challenged to live lives of holiness when it comes to living a simple life, uh, of taking care of the poor, of pursuing reconciliation, of taking care of creation, about being real peacemakers. People crave that because people crave integrity. And whether we or anybody really understand that when we're craving integrity, what we're really craving is Jesus. Jesus will always bring in a message that will cause offense to someone because Jesus isn't worried about people's opinion. Jesus' message will always bring about an offense because his message is not about coercion. It's about love, loving even our enemies. Preston Sprinkle, an author, professor, and pastor, says this. Listen closely now. Fundamental conservatism is the inability to humbly listen to the other side, the other tribe. Those you who are are told are the enemy who have the posture of seeing the world in black and white, good people and bad, refusing to love your enemy. And as far as progressive fundamentalism, it's the same thing. Jesus doesn't align himself with the powers that be. If you put yourself on the the side of nonviolence, advocating for the refugee, for the oppressed, for the foreigner, if you put yourself on the side of of disdaining sexism and racism, you will find yourself an offense to those who are on the right. If, however, you side yourself with those who believe in the sexual ethic of the Scriptures, of the exclusivity of Jesus as Lord over all, if you believe in the sanctity of human life, both outside and inside the womb, you will be an offense to those who are on the far left. See, God based his kingdom on this. God so loved the world that he gave, okay, And when it's talking about he gave, it means he gave over, gave from life to death. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, Buddha didn't die for you. Krishna didn't die for you. Muhammad didn't die for you. Shiva didn't die for you. Vishnu didn't die for you. Mary did not die for you. Jesus is the only one who suffered, was crucified, died for you because he was following the will of his father. Because he loved his father and he loved you, he was going to do that no matter the consequences. From a blog I read this past week, if God were not just, there would be no demand for his son to suffer and die. If God were not loving, there would be no willingness for his son to suffer and die. But God is both just and loving. Therefore, his love is willing to meet the demands of of his justice. And that's what Jesus did for you. Because he is the embodiment of integrity. Doing always doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason no matter what anybody else said or thought. To so start with Jesus. Christianity is not about rules. It's not about comparisons. It's not about traditions. It's about Jesus and his integrity for you. See, God's relationship with you and me is based on Jesus' integrity. God's relationship with you and me is based on good works, just not your good works on the perfect good works of Jesus. Start with Jesus. Don't follow Jesus because it's easy. It likely won't be. Follow Jesus because he is the only one full of integrity. So let's start now. As, As Jesus cleansed the temple... The question I have for you and me, no matter who you are, no matter your background, no matter mine, is, is there any room in your heart? Is there a part of your heart that needs to be cleansed? Start with Jesus. Billy Graham was was asked, you know, boy, if, if Christianity is true, how come there's so much evil in the world? He responded back, if there's so much soap in the r- r- world, how come people are so dirty in the world? He said, Christianity and soap are a lot alike. They both have to be applied personally to make a difference. Start with Jesus. Okay. So I encourage you, no matter who you are, whether, whether you are uh, someone who doesn't believe in God, someone who's skeptical, someone who has doubts, whether you're a a lifelong Christian. I just challenge you, I encourage you in every single area of your life to start with Jesus and follow his way of integrity and see where that leads you. One guy said, you know, I'm a Christian, Uh, not because it works. I had this other life that I was living. That worked out fine, too. I'm a Christian because it's true. Jesus is the truth. Start with him. Let's pray. Lord God, as as I shared this message with, with everyone here, you know what was going on, my little shakiness. Because I'm nowhere near perfect. But Jesus, you are. I ask that you would lead each and every one of us here this morning, each and every one watching online, worshiping online, each and every one that would run across this message in the archive, that we would focus then on you, Jesus, and follow you and your integrity And just see, just try it out and see where that leads us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.